This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And yes, it is our favorite time of the preseason. You guys know, if you listen to us for the first, whatever, Dylan, 94 episodes, um, you know how much I love fantasy football. Dylan loves it too, but um, it's just I, I talk about it all the time. And so we finally gotten to our 2020 fantasy football primer here. A two-parter is what we're going to do, and uh, we're going to break this into a couple episodes and give you some insight into the expectations in fantasy football heading into this season. Dylan, um, it's funny. You brought up a story before we started recording. If we go back to our fantasy football primer from last season – if you want to give people a good insight into what they can expect, uh, both good and bad when it comes to our predictions, uh, we had one that was certainly not great when it comes to picking our, our tiers in terms of each position, which we're going to do on this episode. Uh, not so great choice at the quarterback position uh, in one of the tiers, a guy we thought could be much higher than he was. Uh, but you know what? We'll probably be looking back on the same episode a year from now and saying the exact same thing. Yeah, we did a pretty good job with our breakout candidates and some of the sleeper stuff guys to avoid. But, yeah, I'm just looking back at our, our doc from our last year, as Blake mentioned. And, our, yeah, the first when we do the tiers, yeah, we'll list like four to five top guys at each position. And at quarterback, we put a, we, we put five names that were not this man, but we put a question mark next to Baker Mayfield, which <laughs> obviously did not work out uh, too well. A notable absent player from our top five is Lamar Jackson oh, as well. Oh, so. boy. That one, uh, at least we, we hit on we hit on Dak, Russell Wilson, uh, the obviously Mahomes, usual suspects. Otherwise, so we did an okay job. But yeah, that I, I haven't listened to that 
you know, our <laughs> podcast since we recorded it a year ago. I'd love to hear what we had to say about uh, Baker being a top five option. But right now, I, yeah, I think he's all the way at 14 with his uh, 14th quarterback off the board. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be putting him in our top five this year. <laughs> no, well, we listen, we were the two guys that had the Browns in the playoffs. So um, we had to justify that somehow. And, and you would have thought if they were going to get there, it would have been because of Baker. So um, that's probably the reasoning. But uh, hopefully we don't make those same mistakes uh, here this year. This year, like you said, I'm not going to have it in my top five uh, for sure. But uh, we'll go ahead and start with the tiers. And uh, we're going to run through some of the tiers here, a couple breakout players and such uh, that we'll talk about here. And remember, this is all related specifically to fantasy football. So while a player, you know, you may think a player is a top five in his you know, position in the in the league or whatever, mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily always mean he's top five when it comes to fantasy because it's all about putting up numbers and production, and uh, that's what we're looking for uh, to try to win our fantasy league. So, all right, Dylan, let's start with the quarterbacks. We mentioned it here. Uh, we poked fun at ourselves about uh, not having Lamar on there last year. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Um, same with Baker. Uh, we're flip-flopping with him. I mean, for me, when you look at this, I, I know we're going to pick like four to five, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it probably is like – I think there's a pretty clear cutoff after number six. Um, and honestly, I, I probably after Mahomes and even maybe Lamar Jackson with that second one, um, you know, just depending on, on how things go this year, I think they're – and the thing is about all six of these quarterbacks, and I guess if we have mm-hmm. to decide who are we going to knock out of this group if we say we're just going to pick five in the top tier, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson – um, those are probably yeah. the six. I think when you get past that, I, I just I think there's a bit of a drop off, and um, you know you can probably see that any fantasy any fantasy site you look at, like that's probably going to be the, the the number in terms of the guys at that very top, and in what order it could differ. But it, it does seem like because all these guys are dual threat quarterbacks, and we know we want guys who mm-hmm. can score through the air and on the ground. All six of them can do it. Um, you know there are other guys probably that can do some of that. Um, you know, Josh Allen is someone we've seen maybe talked about as, as like a breakout guy and all that. But like you look at Drew Brees, you look at Brady, Rogers, all those guys, they're not scoring, you know, just with, I mean, they're, they're only scoring basically with their arm. They're not really scoring with their legs. So uh-huh. that's one of the things that we have to consider here, I guess for us, like who are we knocking out of this top six? Like if we're going to say we have to pick five, who are we knocking out of this mm. group here? That's a tough one. That. That becomes a lot tougher because, yeah, as much as you know, we, we talked about with the, the Cardinals and being, you know, while there's yeah. a ton of t- hype around Kyler Murray for a reason, um, we've talked about just at least football-wise, still want to see some things. But I do think fantasy-wise, I mean, as the course of the year went on, they started having way more designed runs for him. Obviously, we know how versatile he is. I just think with the weapons they added, he uh, it's hard to not include him in the top five. I think he's probably going to be running even more this year, obviously yeah. having DeAndre Hopkins and We'll talk about the receivers in a bit, but man, I, it's hard to take him out of that top five. Uh, same with Russell Wilson, like, and even Deshaun Watson. I know he doesn't have Hopkins, but at least, and we've talked about how they still have solid receiving options. Um, I think they're going to be depending on him just as much as usual. Still going to be running, still, still doing all that. So I, I, it's really difficult. I mean, I, I think the order, yeah, that uh, fantasy pros that they have currently with their ADPs is pretty spot on. Yeah, with with Mahomes, Jackson, you have a bit of a drop before you get Deshaun and Dak then another little drop before Russell Wilson and Kyler. I mean, if you don't get one of those six, I wouldn't be rushing no. to take the next kind of guys off the board. I, at least uh, traditionally with my fantasy drafts, <laughs> do not uh, overdraft quarterbacks yeah. or do not take them early. That probably bit, you know, definitely bit me last year. I think I 
could have gone a little bit further up to take yeah. Lamar. He, he dropped uh, pretty far in our CPU league. Um, but yeah, after those six, I, I just, I don't know. Like, like Josh Allen's the next guy off, and it's, I know he runs a lot, and he's still going to be running a lot. And, uh, obviously, I had Stefan Diggs, and there's things to look forward to. But those six, I, I can't, I can't really take one out. I guess just, the, I guess with Kyler, you just automatically there's a reason he's the sixth one if you yeah. had to, just because the other five, there's about a sure bets as you're going to get at the quarterback position, and you're you're feeling confident week to week. I know as much as Dak fills up the stat sheet, he still gets criti- criticism because there are some yeah. weeks where he doesn't. Uh, put up huge point totals. Uh, maybe the other four, Mahomes, Lamar, Deshaun, and Russell, are a little more reliable. But I still think that top six is pretty spot on in terms of ADPs right now. I'm going to disagree with you because I think Deshaun's the one that I would be a little hesitant mm. about because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. Um, you know, we've talked about Bill O'Brien and that offense uh, mm-hmm. in the running game. I mean, right now, like, we don't trust the running game um offensive line like they're they're the defense i mean like i know he's done it but like he's done it with deandre hopkins there too and and that has been something that has helped him get out of some jams and that this is not a knock on him talent wise but i think it's based on the system and knowing that no one on that offense is going to be guarded like a number one receiver um so i don't know like i think he's the one that i would probably look at and say i'm not going to drop him out of that that tier but he is probably the one that i would be the most questionable about just because like we said we know kind of what the things are right now for the texans and like like you said too this is if there's one thing you take away from this episode we are not fantasy football gurus like we don't win our league every year well i mean come on dylan we, we probably do a lot of the time but um listen <laughs> one interception away yes <laughs> hold off on the quarterbacks i'm telling you if you don't get one of these five or six like i i just don't see any reason to rush out like i would be fine you know, shuffling around with Aaron Rodgers, who Fantasy Pros has at 13. Um, you know, I don't know if you necessarily want to take a risk on Cam, but if Cam winds up being the starter, like, he's at 16. So it's like, I mean, you got some options down there. So I don't, I think I'm certainly looking at those and saying, if I can get one of those, great. But if I can't, I'm okay with hoping for the best with Joe Burrow and let's roll. Like, I just think yeah. that that's where things are uh, there at the quarterback position. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that exactly. I feel pretty much the same way. Um, I usually wait, again, as long as I can on this. And, uh, yeah, it is – I don't know, man. Like, the guys that are in that kind of 9, 10, 11 range. Uh, like, Rodgers, like, sure. Yeah. Like, if he's there, like, you're going to probably take him. But, yeah, just even with Deshaun, I think you bring up a good point. With at least the one I'm looking at with the ADP of 41, I, there's just so many important – like, you still need to, to stack up on your receivers and running yeah. backs. And if there's a – a quality tight end you think is in that spot that's worthy like I, I just think there's so many more things you can do at that point um I, I obviously it depends on your drafts and what you've already done with your first few picks how many teams are in there but I even yeah I do I guess if I was had to do a mock draft right now and I came up to that point where it's Deshaun or one of maybe my second running back that's or you know a guy I'm pretty confident in it's I'm probably gonna always you know get those guys first and worry about the quarterback position later yep that's the that's the way to do it, and uh, we'll see if that pays off this year with this particular group. All right, let's go to the running backs. Um, this is one where you pick four to five. Same way, we're going to do this uh, with the top four uh, offensive positions. Uh, running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it, it starts with Christian McCaffrey. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, as someone who had Saquon Barkley last year, I'm sorry, but I'm not putting him ahead of ahead of Christian McCaffrey right now, um, yeah. just because. Look, it's something where I, I think didn't Saquon have an injury too in practice on Monday? Um, 
I thought I saw that uh, somewhere, maybe. I don't know how significant it was, but uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, Saquon Barkley from uh, NJ.com. Limped off the field after trying to break a tackle in 11-on-11 drills. Um, So that's not great. Um, So that that's one thing that that concerns me a little bit just because you know we had the injury last year and and look we know when he came back like he wasn't 100 percent um obviously he's had time to heal and and he's you know expects to be back to the same type of player you're still going to have him in that top tier Uh, but i think i'm you know christian mccaffrey knowing who they've they've got matt rule you know joe brady there now guys who are certainly going to use him uh find ways very creative ways to use him and then Zeke, I mean, that Cowboys offense we've talked about, uh, they've certainly got a lot of upside. <laughs> and the guy we always mm-hmm. uh, undervalue, Derrick Henry, um, you know, someone who won the rushing title. Uh, I think the biggest thing with Derrick Henry is that you don't really get a lot of PPR necessarily uh, value in terms of yeah. Titans aren't really throwing to him a ton. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of options here. I think I would go McCaffrey, uh, uh, McCaffrey, Zeke, Barkley, Man, it's it's hard to keep Alvin Kamara out of this group just because we know no, yeah. you know we know the Saints offense. So you, you've got to put Alvin Kamara in there. And then for me, I even think someone like Nick Chubb is sort of an undervalue. But the reason why I wouldn't put him as high, and we've talked about this, is because of the Kareem Hunt factor. Um, so that's one of the things too. But even with Hunt there last year, how bigger of a role does he play this year? You know, as compared to last year. But I think it's pretty clear: McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley. Camara, those are clear cut, you know, one mm-hmm. through four for me. And then it's probably all right. Do you want to go to, you know, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, those kind of guys? And, and listen, the one guy that I haven't said yet that I am, I'm already like, some, I'm going to be the guy in my draft that I'm just going to go out and I'm going to see this guy's name on that board. I'm going to say, you know what? I've got the second pick. I don't even care. Give him to me. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, I'm, <laughs> he's going to be there. And I'm just going to say, I can't pass on this guy because I know what to expect. And I, I'm telling you, he is someone that I'm not even against throwing into this very, very top tier because he plays in the best offense, and yeah. he's the guy. And I mean, Damian Williams, we know, like he's opted out, and so this guy is the guy. And so I think there's a lot of upside with him. Yeah, there'd have to be a big change there. Uh, I know last year there was a bit of a concern with Damian Williams because of Darwin Thompson coming in. Obviously, didn't really yeah. live yeah. up to expectations. And now I, I suppose, I mean, it seems clear cut that Clyde's going to be the guy. I don't know if I'd put him, you know, as a top five pick for running back, but I would be perfectly happy taking him at the at least on the standard scoring fifteen eighty p here. Uh, that that sounds fantastic to me. And yeah, even on PPR, it's only going to go up from there. Um, top four, as you mentioned, I think it's pretty clear cut. If Saquon is healthy, that is why we in the Clutch Points Fantasy League wait until right before the season. I know many people like to do their drafts now. I've uh, never been a big fan of that because of <laughs> exactly this. With injuries that happen, even without preseason games, there's still going to be quite a few. Uh, yeah, Kamara's been my, ever since I traded for him his rookie year, the guy that I always am going to feel confident in. I know there was a few weeks last year where he was not uh, the best uh, in terms of his production, but I, I he still you know finishes so high in the total fantasy score by the end of the year. So yeah. I still a, a major factor for them. and. I, you know, he has to be considered top five. Uh, Zeke, obviously, in there, too. I'd probably put my order would probably go McCaffrey, Zeke, Kamara, then Sa- I mean, Saquon's right there, but I, you know, I just, you know, the same if that decision came up last year, I probably would have taken Alvin. I just feel a little more comfortable about him being in there week yeah. to week. The, the, the health thing cannot be excluded when we're talking about this. And then for that last spot, if we're going to do top five, I mean, as much as he, yeah, standard scoring wise, obviously Derrick Henry should be in his top five, I believe. Uh, I've talked about how he's just one of the best running backs in terms of adjusted yards. 
based on his offensive line, even if they're not blocking insanely well, he's still going to be racking up points. He's still one of the most unstoppable guys inside the five. Uh, you're not really worried about him being vultured like you are with a lot of these other uh, running backs in the red zone. Um, uh, Dalvin Cooks, it pro- if you're or if you're doing uh, if you're doing PPR, I think maybe you get Dalvin the little head start over Derrick Henry. I, I yeah. think they're probably going to throw the ball a little more than last year in Minnesota, but even then, that's all, that's going to probably lead to more uh, looks for him as well. So only PPR wise, is his value going to go up? Chubb, like you mentioned, there's just that concern. Jacobs, I mean, oh, these are all great options in that area. But if we're going top five, I, I think it's based on PPR. I'll put Dalvin in as number five spot if it's yeah. uh, standard scoring. Derrick Henry's at least. He might even be uh, standard scoring wise a little bit ahead of Saquon for me. Yeah, I was gonna say I would I would probably put Dalvin ahead of Derrick Henry for sure in PPR just because again the Titans really haven't proven you know their their willingness to throw to him and so he's just not much of a factor there. So uh, it's one yeah. yard screening here. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like you you can bet on that. The problem is you just don't know when that's gonna be. So um, yeah, so th- so those are options to keep in mind, and we'll talk about some of these guys potential sleepers maybe. Uh, here in a bit but uh, before we do that uh, we're going to jump into uh, something we've been really excited about here lately and that of course is TheraOne from tight muscles tough workouts signs of aging simply making it through each busy day everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products started by Dr. Jason Wurzlund TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind it all started the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of those CBD products out there claim organic, but still have up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. But TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, or the body balm for targeted relief and the sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September the 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire to get it. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, theragun.com slash bluewire. All right, and then, of course, guys, we've got the NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, Sundays are coming back in the NFL, and with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus the Red Zone and DirecTV fantasy channels are there, so you'd never have to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Dylan, let's talk about the the wide receivers here. Um, boy, this is always one where you're like, okay, I see the very top tier, and then it's like, boy, good luck figuring out the rest because um, you just kind of never know sometimes with some of these. Um, of course, I think case in point, you know, guys like Devontae Parker last year, of course, he comes out and just an absolute madman. Um, everybody knows he's one of my favorites. If it was up to me, I would rank uh, Devontae Parker one, Preston Williams two, and let's ride. Like, that's just – that's what we would do. But uh, that's probably not a smart option when it comes to fantasy. Uh, but uh, Michael Thomas is a smart option. 
I think yeah. uh, he's going to be number one uh, pretty much on every board. Devontae Adams, considering he doesn't have much help around him, uh, he's probably going to be number two, and I can't really argue with those just because, uh, again, it's volume, right? It's about mm-hmm. the guys who get the most volume. I think those two guys are going to get the most volume of anyone in the NFL. Um, so maybe, you know, I don't know, do you put – Guys like Julio Jones, um, Tyreek Hill, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, we don't necessarily know what his role is going to be. The thing about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans is, of course, I mean, these guys are two probably, these two are are top 10 options. Like, there's there's no doubt Mm -hmm. about it. The problem is, it's a matter of which one goes off and is there enough to go around in terms of every single game. And so that's something I always think about, and especially on this this Bucks team, because it is so unique now with Brady there. I think we saw with Jameis Winston. I mean, look, both of those guys were putting up numbers, right? I mean, they were putting up huge numbers. Um, but are, are the Bucks necessarily going to be playing from behind as much as they were, uh, you know, when Jameis Winston was there? And how much more volume is there? That's something to think about. But the offense is going to be ridiculously good. Yeah. You know, this is one where, I mean, probably past that top seven or eight guys, it's probably a little bit of a toss-up because you've got a lot of guys maybe in that next tier that you look at. You know, like Odell Beckham Jr., we don't really know what to expect. Amari Cooper, you know, basically the Cowboys are now like a three-headed monster in terms of their wide receivers. You've got Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Um, A.J. Brown had a huge season last year. Our guy Allen Robinson, I mean, you know, it just depends on who's throwing the ball. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting group here. But for me, it's clear-cut Thomas and Adams are one-two. You've got everyone else like like Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins after that. And then, you know, what do you make of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Which one of those guys maybe breaks out and gets the most? Is there enough to go around for both? I think there is. Uh, So you've got some pretty good options here at the top. Yeah, I feel like even when one of those guys goes off, the other is still probably going to have a solid week. Obviously, you can't – like, over the course of the year, not every single guy is going to go off every single game. Uh, You're just hoping for consistency. But, yeah, I think after – I mean, Devontae Adams, by the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up with the most fantasy points of any receiver. Just like you said, the volume of targets and the chemistry there, it's all all leading towards him still being at least in the top few there. Um, Definitely think Tyreek Hill has – they listed at least here on the standard score as number three option. Um, I, you know, I, I still think he's worthy of that in the top five. I don't know if he'd be the third receiver for me off the yeah. board. Obviously, there's just so many targets in yeah. Kansas City. That's why, yeah, Michael Thomas. I know they add Emmanuel Sanders there in New Orleans, but him and Devonte are easily one two for me. And Julio probably number three, just because uh, with the dirt cutter offense, we know they're going to still throw the ball a ton. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, we're going to get to him in a bit in terms of a guy that I'm high on for uh, a lot of things in their tight end as well as I've talked about on a previous podcast previewing the Falcons, but they're going to throw, no matter how good the Falcons are, no matter if we don't trust them, Julio Jones is going to still see a ton of targets. Um, if he just stays on the field, I think he's probably my third receiver there. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, there's a history, I was looking through it, of uh, guys that are in the top 30 uh, receivers moving teams year to year, uh, top 30 fantasy receivers, about 66% of them have a decent decrease in their performance. I don't know if Hopkins is that guy, though. I think yeah. he's the, the he's on the other end. Um, so I probably still would put him in that top five. If Matt, if I was told Matthew Stafford was going to stay healthy all year, Kenny Galladay might be my number five receiver. I had him in one of the leagues last year. Just uh, those first few weeks, he was in the top ten fantasy scoring-wise. Still did decently well with David Blau, and I forget the other quarterback that the Lions <laughs> ran out there. Um, so, But obviously, we don't have the guarantee of Stafford staying healthy. So after those top 
over uh, after Julio at number three, I'd say DeAndre, I'll put at number four. I'll, I'll put Tyreek still at five. At the end of the day, he's going to have some huge weeks. He's still going to, you know, even without PPR, depending on what league you're in, he's still going to rack up some yards. So it's uh, you're still feeling confident, though. I wouldn't be mad if I'm, if I'm missing out on those guys to take a Godwin and Mike Evans. Those two especially, I, I feel like, are great values at 18 and 26 ADP. I get a little weary with Juju at 30 um, with his ADP's 10th right now on, on the standard scoring here. Um, I know they're getting big Ben back and that's going to make a big difference, but I, you know, it's just a guy that you're not as positive. And like you said, there's a lot in that range. One that uh, will get, I don't know, full, he's not really, he's broken out before and he's had some great seasons and he was great uh, early in the year before the Rams changed their uh started using a lot more 12 personnel and that's Cooper Cup his numbers in the last few weeks when they went to 12 with two tight ends and two receivers he just does not do as well when he's not in the slot and Robert Woods kind of took off and so right now looking at this the those two guys I mean Robert Woods is about 20 picks at least in standard scoring behind uh Cooper Cup I would probably switch those around but um I feel good about that top five and overall though in that after you get out of the top eight or nine it does become I would probably be looking at some running backs, maybe even a high uh, reach for a tight end if you really feel confident in the guy because there's a lot of guys from this range of like ADP 30-something to like 60-something where, you know, there's not a ton of separation for me in terms of what I'm uh, expecting from them. I, a lot of these guys in that 40, 50 range, I'm feeling pretty good about what they're going to be able to do with that value. Yeah, there's some guys a little bit, well, they're not far down, but they're behind that that Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster group. Um, my guys, and look, we'll, we'll talk about him here in a second, but I feel like they're still a little bit low, especially one in particular uh, in terms of based on what he did last year. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll get to some breakout candidates uh, and all that, but let's move into the tight ends here. Um, this one probably shouldn't take a, a whole lot, uh, <laughs> very long to do. Um, I mean, <laughs> look, it's for, for me, it's, it's pretty clear. Like, I think there's a clear top two, um, Travis Kelsey yes. and George Kittle. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Mark Andrews, you know, I think that he's gotten to that point to where he's a pretty safe bet just because we kind of know with the Ravens, they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, uh, are they really going to throw those 80-yard bombs a lot? They're not yeah. going to run the, the Patrick Mahomes style where you're going to have Lamar rolling out every other play and, and throwing it 75 yards down the field. Um, so I think Mark Andrews get used a lot. And so I think just that usage keeps him in that group. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, you know, fantasy pros here. We're looking at their rankings. They've got Zach Ertz at four and I've got nothing against Zach Ertz, but I would <laughs> almost lean on someone like Darren Waller, maybe even ahead of him a little bit because you know, with the Raiders, and when I'm looking at this as we're recording here, Tyrell Williams, I see this report uh, from Ian Rappaport about uh, how Tyrell Williams has a torn labrum in his shoulder. He's going to try to play through it after rehabbing for a couple weeks, but like that's already yeah. a, a significant issue there, I think, for the Raiders. I mean, they know they've got Henry Ruggs and such, but I think Darren Waller is going to have so much volume in that offense again um, to where, I don't know, like he's – He's one that broke out last year, and again, I'm not saying he's just far and away, you know, maybe should be ranked ahead of Zach Ertz, because we know what Zach Ertz mm-hmm. like. He's pretty, I mean, look, the guy's very consistent. He's going to get the targets. We know that. Um, but, like, those those five, to me, I think are pretty clear-cut, and after that, I think there's a pretty big drop uh, in terms of how great do you feel about the rest of these options. 
Yeah, if he stayed healthy, Evan Ingram maybe would be a guy yeah. I'd consider on that fringe, almost in the same way of an offense that's going to be having to throw the ball like the Raiders did with Darren Waller. The Giants, obviously, yeah. are going to probably be trailing quite a bit and throwing the yeah. ball quite a bit. And whether there's interceptions or whatnot, I mean, when Evan Ingram was on the field, he was a pretty big factor for them. But as you mentioned, yeah, the top two guys, Kelsey and Kittle, I mean, you, I would not be worried about uh, taking them with their ADPs of 17 and 23, respectively, if they're there and feel good about it i mean they're just they shouldn't be discounted just because of how dominant just because they're a tight end i mean their dominance still speaks for itself and uh as i mentioned with some of the receivers in that 20 ish range like i'm not as confident like you know you're gonna what you're gonna get with those two now mark andrews a guy that i if at least listing my top five fantasy tight ends he's in the top five but at his 31 adp there's a big drop off between him and, as you mentioned, Waller at 65. I mean, that's kind of the that's the kind of thing I look at where I'm like, all right, these two guys, do I for sure expect them to be that much better than Darren Waller? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, after those top two, I I would not probably rush to take Andrews. I, I would love to have Andrews on my team. I just that 31 spot, I feel like that's a little high. Yeah. Ertz, uh, PPR wise, Ertz has more value. He's third. Uh, or sorry, he led the the NFL, I believe, in tight ends and and receptions the last couple of years, or at least in 2018, he did. Um, still, obviously, they don't have a ton of receiving options there in Philadelphia. I, I still think in terms of his quantity of targets, he's going to be a high up there. I would like to put Higby as a guy. I picked him up last year, really rode that out, and almost took that fantasy title home in large part because <laughs> he went off in those last few weeks. Um, but I, you know, in, while I do think the Rams, as they went to that 12 personnel, he was used so much more and he was such a huge factor. I, I still think uh, with Gerald Everett, that as he comes back, I think he's still going to be in there a lot. Both those guys are going to be options i just don't know for sure that higby is going to be just the number one tight end the whole year otherwise i would possibly consider him just because i do i do i'm pretty confident that the rams are going to stick with what was working um as they adapt to their personnel they, they got a lot away from the 11 and i think higby is probably on that fringe still uh, um but yeah i think the, the top five as you mentioned Ertz for me maybe i'm a little higher on him than you i'd put him Maybe, you know, I'd feel good about him at 46, but I think Waller, that 65 ADP, that's great value. Um, yeah. Ronk is after him. I don't – we'll get to him maybe on the next episode when yeah. we go over guys that maybe were a little are a little too high ADP-wise. I know there's a lot of hype, and uh, you love to have the name on your team, and it's a lot of nostalgia there. But I just – it's maybe uh, – there's tight ends beneath him where I'm like, these guys are definitely number one factors in their offenses. Um, we'll get to some sleeper guys that I, I feel like are even higher than they should be or uh, have more value than they should be by a lot. But, yeah, Gronk is one where I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I hope he might be the fifth best tight end in the NFL when healthy, but fantasy-wise, I don't know in Tampa Bay if he's going to be getting enough targets. I know he has the chemistry with, with Tom Brady, but they just have, you know, Godwin and yeah. Evans are just so good. It's hard to really see Gronk getting being the sixth best tight end fantasy-wise this year. Yeah, that could be tough uh, for sure. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. There's a couple other down there in that group. Uh, they're below, mm -hmm. like Noah Fant. I think he's someone that could, you know, the only thing with him is the Broncos suddenly now have a lot of options in terms of guys they can turn to in the passing game. Um, but he's someone I would keep an eye on. He's he's 14th um, in terms of fantasy pros right now rankings. And I, you know, again, if you can't get one of those top tier options, like I'd be okay with saying, you know what, I'll, I'll ride with, with Noah Fant here versus having to, you know, maybe even go with someone like Higby, maybe like a Jared Cook, because there's just... There are different situations, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's just one of those where how much production are you getting? What's the most upside? And you almost think, like, the upside for guys like Hickby and Cook is limited to the point to where, all right, is it enough to not say, all right, I'll just wait and go get a, 
a Noah Fanner or a John U. Smith. You know, Delaney Walker's not there now with the Titans. So, like, John U. Smith's certainly the guy. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't plan to probably throw the ball 40 times a game or anything. But um, still, you've, you've got different guys like that. Uh, and even T.J. Hawkinson, you know, he was injured a bit last year. Maybe he has a has a breakout year. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, some options there. All right, Dylan, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up with our breakout candidates. We talked about mm-hmm. some sleepers. We'll, we'll hold those off to the next episode. Um, we're yeah. going to tie that in with all of our other stuff in terms of uh, some of the ADP, um, you know, touches, all that, all that good stuff. We'll hold those off to the next one, but we're going to talk about our breakout candidates here, uh, because I'm sure for both of us, uh, we have a lot of names in our head in terms of ones that we could pick. I will let you start with yours, uh, and then I will try not to, uh, steal them, uh, for mine. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you should be fine. I mean, I only put a couple for now. I'm kind of still... <laughs> thinking about my breakout guys i had marquise brown as one of them he's yep. 76 adp the 30th receiver off the board i mean as the season went on you just saw the chemistry continue to grow i think his role in the offense is only going to get bigger they're going to keep throwing the ball so much and yeah i, I overall I just i love the value where he's at i, I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver but i i'd make a decent bet on him being at least cracking the top 20 i think he's got some more value than some of the guys that he's getting drafted behind so um, and, and also even in PPR wise, I know sometimes for him, it was just the PPR wasn't the best in terms of the number of targets and he was, uh, had a lot of big plays, but I think that's only going to go up this year. And then the other one I put in is Calvin Ridley. I know I mentioned him a little earlier, but I mean, the, uh, again, with Dirk Cutter, with the Falcons, with they're, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton and the receiving depth uh, and it's just not fantastic. After they traded Muhammad Sanu, Calvin Ridley kind of took off fantasy wise and just overall uh, production wise uh, he's 43 ADP or yeah 43 ADP right now I I can see him getting in closer to that range of the guys that are above him or that you know guys like DJ Moore being drafted above him again at, at Cooper Cup and Odell and Juju I he's he's on that range I know Julio's still going to be the number one guy and, and we get to the next episode when I go over guys gaining a lot of targets I'll name another player from this team but um, I think Calvin Ridley still has a ton of value, has a chance to really go off. And I'll, I'll take another look at some of the running backs while you, uh, <laughs> while you name some of your breakout candidates. Well, I've got to give you a running back first. And we talked about mm-hmm. him in actually our most recent uh, division preview episode, and that was Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. Uh, because I, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about the offensive line. Offensive line is fantastic. Um, and, you know, I think he could, he could wind up being the guy, like they're running back. And, I, it's just one of those where he was so good at Wisconsin that I just feel like he's got to play a role and he's got to play a significant role this season. And so he's someone I would keep an eye on. You know, I don't know exactly what the usage would be in terms of like PPR and such um, yeah. necessarily, but I think he could have a huge year. So he's someone I would keep an eye on there. Um, you know, wide receiver, I'm not going to go with the obvious choice for me, which is probably either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams. Um, <laughs> Devontae Parker in Fantasy Pros right now, just in uh, standard, is 24. Uh, Preston Williams, I think I looked earlier, he's on down at like 49. But that 49 for Preston Williams, you know me. I'm going to I'm gonna go all in there and say yeah. he's moving on up. Uh, I think he could be one that breaks out. Really, beyond that, you know, C.D. Lamb, I think, is a really good option, too, um, because, like we said, we know there's so much to go around in that Cowboys offense, but at the same time, there's so much to go around in a great offense, and so it's like he's going to get his touches, and it sounds like they've been so impressed with what he's doing so far. Um, so that's another one. Like, And, again, I know we're going with, like, rookie guys here, but, like, uh-huh. these are the ones you have to look at because guess what? 
these are those guys that people aren't necessarily like going to pay attention to enough just because they've never like they're not going to have those last year stats or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so people are going to look at that and say oh well you know i don't don't know what to expect from these guys but like those are the kind of guys that are probably going to win the league and so it's you you have to try to find you know identify some of those guys uh on down the board there like Cortland sutton he's at 23 in terms of the standard rankings uh, you know I guess, I don't know, like, he did have such a huge year, but I think we have to remember, too, is, like, he was basically the only option they had. Um, And I'm not saying that means he's not a good player because he's a superstar now, but, you know, they've added Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. We talked about Noah Fan, and, like, I think they've got some good options. And, of course, you're also banking on Drew Locke being really good and playing, you know, as well as he did at times during the the stretch run of last season. So if I had to pick two, and and like you said, we'll bring up some more in the next episode, I would go Jonathan Taylor, and I guess I'll probably say Preston Williams just because he's the one that's further down in terms of being all the way down at 49. Yeah, the other guys I think of, I'm going to wait, because I I think they're more defined as sleepers than breakout candidates in terms of they're just so deep on this board, but I still think they could have a lot more value than they are. So yeah, we'll wait for the next episode on sleepers. Um, The other I'll get to one running back that I think could, and it's going to tie into a guy when I talk over, um, talk about someone who's probably going to lose touches in the next episode. And uh, that's JK Dobbins. I think at 87, he's a 32nd running back. I just, I, I've, a, I could see it by like week four or five. He's getting most of those carries in that offense, even though Lamar's going to be getting, you know, he's taking over much of the production. He's still getting a lot of the rushing yards. Uh, Mark Ingram was still such a huge factor. I could see Dobbins, you know, definitely outperforming that. He, I wouldn't call that quite a sleeper. Some of the sleeper picks as we get to those uh, next time a little bit deeper. There's a couple of rookie receivers I'm thinking of um, off the top of my head. But I do think, yeah, Devontae Parker, as you mentioned, I mean, he's like the fact he's that far down. Like I, I would definitely feel comfortable taking him quite a bit higher. I'm still concerned quarterback wise in Washington. Otherwise, Terry McLaurin, just on his <laughs> skill set, if he was in a lot of offenses, yeah. he would be so high up. Um, I, I, I have a hard time saying that Tyler Lockett hasn't already broken out, but at him at 18th overall as receiver, I'd still feel better about him than some of the guys yep. a little higher. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good options for guys that could break out this year. Um, I, if he was healthy, you, I would definitely put Debo in there. I know he's Debo Samuels had his injury issues. Doesn't look like he's maybe going to start the, the beginning of the season. And that'll get to a sleeper, a uh, little hint of a, a 49er receiver. I'll get to a <laughs> major sleeper for me, just based on, uh, the rash of injuries San Francisco's had. Yeah, and just quickly, uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson's placement. Just just so you know, in fantasy pros, Deshaun Watson's number one receiving option is at number 35 in terms of the receivers. So um, hey. much different than what it was last year because uh, Will Fuller's at 35, Brandon Cook's at 36. Like even a team like the Rams, like they had all those guys like Woods, Cooper Cupper at 17 and 18 when Cooks were there last year. Like all those guys were in that top 25 range, you know, Watson's first first range is at 35 so just keep that in mind in terms of uh, it's either going to tell you he's a little too high or one of the sections we have on the next one it's about guys who traditionally if you play with a high ADP guy you're probably undervalued and those Texans receivers maybe one in particular yeah yeah I think there's some more value there than than it looks uh, just from the eye just looking at the team itself and what they've done in the past exactly we'll see but yeah we'll get into uh, our top sleepers all that stuff Uh, we'll look at ADPs who's overrated who's underrated Uh, all that good stuff and we will pick uh, the one player you're going to regret not drafting and I can already see on our our doc here that Dylan has picked the player that uh, he will regret drafting and uh, it's (laughs) 
It's going to hurt him to say this, but uh, we'll leave that as the teaser. I'm not drafting uh, him, but if but, I did, I'd regret it. Well, yes, I, you're not, I know you're not going to, but uh, I, it's going to hurt you to say this. I know that, but uh, yeah. we'll get into that in uh, the next episode. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to uh, check all that out. Of course, Dylan, we've got everything uh, going on over Clutch Points. Uh, things are just all over the place uh, in terms of the playoffs and the NBA. Uh, we've got uh, NFL getting ready to get started, all kinds of stuff going on over there. Yeah, you can follow along with all the NBA playoff games and MLB regular season games in the Clutch Points app. Once the NFL season starts, those will all be in there as well to follow along. Um, all of our NFL content you can find at clutchpoints.com in the NFL section. If you search fantasy football at the top, all of our fantasy content will be in there. We've, uh, we have this podcast format with all this fantasy stuff, but we've covered in much more depth uh, breakout candidates at all these positions, uh, top sleepers. We're going to get to guys gaining the most targets, losing the most targets, touches, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, at clutchpoints.com if you just search fantasy football all of that's there and yeah good luck to everyone starting the drafts but again if you can try to com- convince your commissioner just wait a little bit longer there's <laughs> these injuries keep coming along i was really hopeful of a guy uh at, i think his 67 adp here aj green but then the first time he's out there a little hamstring mm. flare up it's like man i <laughs> there's some guys that, that you just gotta wait till the beginning of the season because you just we don't have the we don't have those preseason games to really gauge off of. It's just we're yeah. reading all these reports, even watching guys move around, and you're trying to make <laughs> guesses about them. Telling you, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, just pick those two as your top two wide receivers. You won't regret it. I'm not going to be picking either one of those uh, whenever we we make our regret, not regret picks uh, in our next episode. So, yeah, make sure your uh, fantasy commissioner holds off for the draft, at least until you listen to our next episode. Uh, That way you have uh, all the knowledge you need for your draft. But uh, to do that, be sure to subscribe any podcast app you use. uh, Just search for us there. And uh, thanks again to uh, the fine folks uh, at Blue Wire uh, and Bet Online all for all that they do. And thank you guys as always for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. And, of course, we have to talk to you about our friends at Bet Online. Uh, did somebody say playoffs? Because uh, the NBA and NHL are playing for the gold. And our partners at Bet Online have you covered. You can get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest. I love bracket contests. With plenty of chances to win, uh, MLB season is pushing into uh, full swing here into the fall. And there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.